Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Welcome to the party, pal! Did we just become best friends? Yup! Oh, Steve understands the meaning of the word pals, don't you, Steve? So you got three, four good pals. Well, then you got yourself a tribe. Utah, give me two. What up, people? Michael Govier back from Palazzo Podcast. It's time for Palazzo Pals, a special edition of the show where I sit down one-on-one with a guest, just me and the guest doing our thing. He's our Palazzo Pal, and once he does this show, he will be forevermore linked as such. His name is Joe, and Joe is the author of a lot that you're going to be wanting to get your hands on because Joe is smooth. He's also Canadian. But more than that, he knows fantasy baseball. The guy is young, hungry, and ready for more. Dude, this guy is fired up, and he's also knowledgeable. He wants to help you make money, get that Skrilla, and at the same time, wants to connect and learn more about other people. He's got a great curiosity. He's excited about the future. He's into what's going on, and he can provide all of us with just a little bit extra that might put us over the top so we can be the league champs and start shit-talking everybody else. He's not other than Joe Orico. Joe, what is up, my man? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, man. This is the first time anybody has ever asked me to appear on their show, so I am honored. I am truly honored to be here. This should be a lot of fun. Well, Joe, it's a pleasure to have you here. I feel... Like I'm shifting in a way because I came in as a new guy a few years back and now I've been doing this for a while and and now you're like a newer guy coming into the scene and now I get to welcome you and it's such a cool feeling. You know, I've been welcomed by so many positive, cool people. Nobody, almost nobody shit on me or anything when I first got into this biz. And now you are that person coming in, connecting with new people. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show because we did your show the other day. This wasn't just because you had me on. I wanted to get you on the show just to get more people connected to you. Yeah, I think uh, you actually asked me first and then I just said, hey, can we uh, slide you in on my show someday? I go Monday through Friday, so I can pretty much fit you in anywhere. And uh, we had you on, I think I think it was Tuesday we had you on and we talked about some that's right. under, some uh, underperforming players and it was a lot of fun. We we didn't get to quite everything that I had hoped we would because we we just got chatting, you know. We were just talking about stuff and uh, we didn't quite get to everything, but it's fine, you know, cuz we'll uh, we'll be on each other's shows more and more going forward. So no harm, no foul there. Yeah, well. Tigers are playing. Tonight. The Tigers are playing tonight. They're playing your Jays, by the way, here at Comerica Park. It's going to be a fun time in the old Motor City this evening as Tiger baseball has actually not been terrible recently. And the Jays are hot. They've been playing really, really good. Uh, will you be watching the games this weekend? I tend to watch most Blue Jay games, uh, probably about 150 or so during the course of the year. There might be the odd one that I miss here and there. But 
at least some portion I'm watching most of them. And I'm definitely going to be watching tonight, uh, Jose Barrios. I really still don't know what to make of him. Uh, last time out, he was fantastic. Uh, the first 13 Ks. The first two innings, after the first inning, I sent a message to Nick Pollock, and I was Nick, are we... And I said, Nick, are we okay here? Because when I had him on a few weeks back, we were talking about Jose Barrios. He said he wasn't at all worried about him. And I tend to agree. I mean, I was there, as I said at the time, and I'll say it again here. I was there on opening day, and I saw him record. I don't even know if he got an out, actually. It was maybe one out. He He was hit around quite a bit. He was probably tipping his pitches. So that has kind of stuck with me, even though he's been a little bit up and down. It's kind of what we've come to expect from Barrios over the years. And I mean, the first, I think, six batters or so uh, last time out, he gave up three hit balls that were over 100 miles an hour. So I was a little bit worried there. There was three of those and then three strikeouts. And then he did settle in very nicely. I think it was a career high in strikeouts for him. So I'm definitely going to be watching there. And I'm definitely going to be watching Eduardo Rodriguez because I don't know what to make of him either. Yeah, he had a really solid rehab start most recently, so it looks like all systems are go, and he's going to be back on track. But let's talk about your podcast first. So what can we expect on Fantasy MLB Today? Did I get the title right? Because I actually want to give you... Oh, what was it? Sorry. No, yeah, you got it. You got it. Fantasy MLB Today, yeah. I did get it right. You got it. I thought it was smart to put the Today in there. You know, In a way, it will remind people of... CBS show, which is like the biggest show ever. It's not a ripoff. It's just every, nobody owns the word today, but I think it's a nice little word to pop in there because you're talking about every day of the week. You're doing it five days a week, and it's a solid show. You got a lot of positive, useful, tangible, and actionable information that you can apply to your own fantasy squad. So good on you, Joe. Thank you. There's, so there's a couple things. I didn't come up with the name myself, so I'm with a company called Sports Ethos. For those of you who play fantasy basketball, you might have known him, known them as Hoopball. They used to be Hoopball, and then they rebranded into more of a universal sports uh, company, branching out into football and baseball with myself. And um, so I didn't come up with the show. There's a sister show, Fantasy NBA Today, which is actually fairly popular. Uh, for those of you who do play oh. fantasy basketball, Dan Bespris, he is the... He's the host over there. He does five days a week like myself. And Fantasy NFL Today, we do five days a week. So they're all kind of sister shows. I think there might even be hockey in the works at some point. So all of those are kind of related, and the titles are all kind of generic. I could have maybe tinkered with it a little bit, but I thought I would just leave it there because Dan was already well-known in the basketball side, so piggybacking off of him. And then, of course, off of Frank Stample and uh, Scott White, Chris Towers, and those guys over there. does not hurt at all. A little bit of uh, maybe someone will mistake my show for theirs and click by accident. There you go. We'll take a view. Any, any way we can grow in the early going here, we'll take the view. Damn, Skippy, you are a smart man. My kind of guy knows what he's doing. So having said all that, it's Joe. Follow him on Twitter, too. It's Joe Oracle. That's O-R-R, two R's, just like there's two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. O-R-R-I-C-O 99, Joe Orico 99. All right, Joe, it's time for 11 things. That's what we do on Palazzo Pals. We talk about 11 different things, and then we get out. Get in, get out, get on with our lives. What do you say? I am down. And there's just one other thing that I will add about my show. Uh, I know that there's a lot of mostly the content I think is dominated in terms of NFBC leagues. A lot of people play them and a lot of uh, people who make content focus on them. I have never played in an NFBC league. I've always been Yahoo and ESPN like like I've told you. I know I'm probably scaring away some people there. Uh, I'm more (laughs) for... I'm more focused on those leagues. So if you guys do play in those leagues, people who listen to my show regularly will know that I'm more focused on those leagues. So that's just something to get out of the way off the top. I'm not 
I know kind of what's going on with Fab. I follow those. Uh, there's some articles that I read about Fab every weekend just to kind of stay in tune. And next year, I'm going to be more involved in the NFBC. But as of right now, I mostly focus on Yahoo and ESPN. So that is why I won't talk about the NFBC so much. But I just wanted to get that out there. I think that's wise to say that, you know, most people do play on Yahoo. Everybody got their start on Yahoo. It's just the way it goes. And I never played on NFBC until 2020 when I started to break into the biz. You know, I'd never heard of it. And I've been playing since 1999, Joe. So yeah, that's, that's a long time. I'm hoping next year, hopefully I'll do an in-person draft. Maybe uh, it's New York and, uh, and Vegas. And there's one other one, I think, right? There's can't there uh, for the, for the main event, yeah, they got New York and Vegas. Uh, Chicago was something that used to happen. I don't know if Chicago still happens or not, but uh, those are just one of many events. There's so much to choose from with NFBC. It's also run by a really cool group of people that I've gotten to know them so I can vouch for them and verify them as solid human beings, Derek and Tom and Greg over there. Derek is like the coolest dude. Shout out to Derek. He's the man. Derek. I wouldn't be where I am today without you. And I mean that. He's a good dude. All right. So getting into 11 things with Joe Orico, live on the Plaza Podcast. These go to 11. And follow me on Twitter, of course, MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R. And you can follow Joe, like I said, Joe Orico 99. That's two R's. O-R-R-I-C-O 99. Joe, right off the bat, the first thing out of 11, which is a tribute to Spinal Tap, of course. These go to 11. You ever seen Spinal Tap, Joe, actually? That's a good question. I have seen Spinal Tap, not for a long time, and uh, I, I am a rock fan, so there is uh, definitely a need to watch that again. I watched it when I was pretty young, probably, I don't even know how long ago, but it's something I need to rewatch for sure, something that is on the list. Oh, hell yeah. So funny, man. That one holds up. It will always hold up. It'll be timeless. It's just so good. It basically created what we know today as the mockumentary. Christopher Guest and Rob Reiner and company, Christopher Guest basically took that to another level after he was the star of that movie by doing so many other mockumentaries that are hilarious. And I'd strongly recommend Spinal Tap. If you've never seen it out there, this is Spinal Tap is a comedy gem. All right, the first thing on 11 Things is how do I replace Tyler Stevenson? What do I do? Well, like I said, I focus mostly on the ESPN and the Yahoo. And when I'm looking at those leagues and I'm looking at available catchers, so a couple that stand out. First off, uh, MJ Melendez. He's only about 10% rostered in ESPN leagues. When we're looking at Yahoo, it's, been, it's a bit higher. It's closer to 40% there. But he's definitely someone who, granted, is not in a great lineup, but he is producing. He's already, I think, got five home runs. He's really, and at the catcher position, right, like even losing Stevenson is a big blow for the catcher position as a whole because he's maybe would you say he's the number one catcher uh, maybe not but he's like on a short list of best catchers for fantasy because he can hit for a high average which is fairly rare for catchers so he's going to be tough to replace but i think melendez is a, is a pretty solid target there and also gabriel mm. moreno gabriel moreno i think is a very interesting one there uh the blue jays lost danny jansen he broke his hand he's going to be out for a good while moreno will probably fit right into the danny jansen playing time so i'm thinking probably about four days a week for him we might see five games some weeks it might be three some other weeks Pro probably closer to the four or five day a week range and he's someone who can come up and produce right away he's a similar kind of player to alejandro kirk he'll hit for a pretty high average he's not really a power threat but we've seen a little bit in the minors he's not he's, he's a similar type makeup to, to alejandro kirk so he's definitely a target of mine as well those two would be definitely the top of my list Moreno is about 19% rostered on Yahoo, and on ESPN, it's only 6.3%. So he's definitely someone who is out there who can be plugged in and is available. 
Mm-mm-mm, man. Well said, my friend. Well said. Wow, dude. I don't think it's a wow, dude moment at all. MJ Melendez, I love Melendez. The guy can hit. He's going to hit for some more average, too. The power is clear as day. And he also is an athletic dude. You watch him in person. You see him on TV. He doesn't look like your typical catcher. This guy has athleticism to the max. I, I expect some steals to be mixed in there, too. I know he got caught stealing a couple days ago, so he's going to try. It's just a matter of the opportunities. And I think that this guy in two to three years is going to be one of the best catchers in baseball. I really do. I mean, Adley Rushman's amazing, but I think MJ Melendez's ceiling is just as high. Well, Melendez has come up and produced right away where we've seen uh, Rushman kind of struggle, and we've seen... Uh... I, I'm not sure what he's batting. It's definitely in the one 100 range somewhere. He's he's really struggled. <laughs> um, yeah. Melendez has come up right away and performed. And that's kind of rare, especially, I mean, for any rookie, really. We've seen it, of course, with Jared Kelenic and guys like Alex Kirilov. They come up and they struggle, even these highly touted prospects. Um, with Melendez, he kind of flew under the radar a little bit, I think, in terms of prospects. He was He was talked about, sure, and people who follow the Dynasty game, and who know the prospects in the minor leagues were definitely definitely knew about him. But I think that as a whole, the community was kind of behind on Melendez a little bit. He kind of caught everybody by surprise. Yeah, he really he really was a surprise to me that he got called up as quickly as he did. I think others, including myself, thought maybe Vinny Prado or Pasquatino would get the call. I mean, Nick Prado, not Vinny. That's Vinny Pasquatino, not Nick Prado. But both of those guys were getting run, Nick Prado especially. So... I wish I had been a little bit more prescient about it, but hey, that's life, right? Shit happens, Joe, and we move on. I will say this. I love talking to you, and I love doing this show. It's the Blossom Podcast. We're live with Joe Orco. As we move on to thing number two, what is the best ice cream flavor? Well, on the day-to-day, for me, it's probably chocolate chip cookie dough. That would be my everyday favorite. Now, I used to go down to Florida. I used to go down to Florida every year with my family, and I think it's a chain down in the States. Big Olaf ice cream, is that something that's all over the place, or is that more neat? I don't know that one. I've never heard of that at all. Yeah. I, think, I think there was a few stores. It might have been a local Florida thing, but they had a flavor called Kahlua Crunch, and it was little balls of Kahlua with fudge swirls, and it was like coffee ice cream. That was, for me, that was like something I look forward to every year going down there, and it's something that I haven't had in a lot of years. I haven't been down there since... It's got to be seven, eight years now, so I miss it. I definitely miss it. If we can get it here in Canada, that would be fantastic. I've never seen it before, but it would be great. <laughs> I've never had that flavor either, so I'm going to defer to you on that one. I've never been a big fan of uh, some of the alcoholic ice creams. They, I mean, they're not, there's not really alcohol in it, but like rum raisin is something that I think of, I guess. Um, Kahlua not, is tasty, though. It's not overpowering. There's like little balls of Kahlua, like hardened Kahlua it's Kahlua Crunch. That's where the name comes from. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I wonder if anybody's ever tried it out there. It's it's really solid stuff. Damn! Wow. Okay, that's cool. I dig it. Good answer. That's ice cream. Ice cream never gets old. You're going to enjoy ice cream, although some people are lactose intolerant, but there's so many options now of like non-dairy ice cream and gelatos. Uh, there's something for everybody. I guarantee it. And there's a hundred different flavors that you could go to town on and get your sugar fix. Joe, what's your fab process look like? Uh, what does it look like for you when you work the waiver wire or if you're doing fab bids? You can take that in either direction, whichever one you want to go with. So like I said, um, I don't do the NFBC, which is where a lot of the fab stuff comes from. I am in a couple of Yahoo leagues that do have fab. 
uh, they are $100 budgets for the year. So you kind of just take the, I think it's a standard $1,000 in the NFBC, correct? It's $1,000 there. That's right. So you kind of just take whatever you'd spend over there and divide it by 10 or whatever it is. My math is pretty shit, so I might be wrong there. But whatever the division is, um, I've only spent a few fab dollars in both leagues because I've done pretty well. I drafted well in both of the leagues that I do uh, have fab in. So I've been kind of saving it. I have like 90 in one league left, and I have 83 in another league or something. So for me, I'm personally trying to save them for later on in the season once we have more clarity on where your team sits in terms of making the playoffs. And there might come a time where you really need to add a couple of guys in a given week, maybe the last week or two of the regular season to try and make that push to get into the playoffs. Or maybe you're solidly set up to make the playoffs already. Let's say you're way out ahead of the pack. Then I don't think there's too much of a need to really spend your fab. You should probably be saving that for the fantasy playoffs when you're really going to need an impact guy that you're going to want to have guaranteed that you have let's say it's 50 60 dollars left out of that hundred dollar budget and you throw all of that at a player on the last week you're gonna you're gonna get them almost guaranteed so that's kind of where i sit on it granted i don't have a lot of history with fab but that is that is my mindset on it would you prefer waiver wires or fab i think i think waiver wires i think waiver wires Ooh. Uh, i I don't feel really strongly about it one way or the other. Honestly, my favorite way to play is with no waivers at all. Well, waivers when a player gets dropped, but if a guy's just sitting on the waiver wire for a week plus or whatever, they're just a free agent. You can just go pick them up. I kind of find that interesting because. Well, I would call that waiver wire play too. Yeah, like free agencies. There's a two day waiver wire label in my home league on Yahoo. And then after that, if nobody picks him up, he's just a free agent. Okay, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Because it'll get to the weekend, maybe it'll get the Saturday, Sunday, and you need an extra stolen base. And let's say Julio Rodriguez is taking a seat on Sunday and you really need a steal. Or Tommy Edmond or someone like that. And you really need to yes. try and plug in a Jorge Mateo or whoever to try and get you a steal back. I like that you can just do that. Because you don't know in advance who's going to be sitting sometimes. Oh. In, a, in a waiver system, you'd have to know in advance and place the claim on Saturday. And sometimes it doesn't work out like that. So it is for the more active fantasy player, for the more active league member, because I do understand that some people are a lot more busy than I am. Uh, and they don't have time. <laughs> to, they don't have time to be focusing on fantasy 24-7. So they want a little bit more time, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a level playing field, I would say, in terms of how you acquire players. But I think, that's, I think it's pretty solid when you... Um, when you have a little bit of time, at least, uh, not not even having a little bit of time, but knowing um, the day of, if a player is sitting, that you can just pick them up there without having to put in a lot of time, I should say. Kind of fumbling my words there, but... Fumba! Fumba live! Fumba Ruski! That's a Rob Schneider tribute. Do you know who Rob Schneider is? Oh, of course, of course. Oh. <laughs> wow, I don't know. I mean... You're a younger guy, so Rob Schneider sure. is an old man now. I, is, I, you, you never know. I guess he is, yeah. I guess from what I remember him from, I think he was an SNL cast member for a little while, wasn't he? That's right. And, oh, yeah. And, and um, he was also in a lot of those Adam Sandler movies over the years. He had little roles in uh, 50 First Dates. I think he had a role in that one with, uh, Ooh. with, with what's her name? Uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. That's Barrymore. right. Nice pull, dude. I think right. he had a role in that one. Uh, there's a, I've seen him in a couple things over the years. I, I, I'm not like a massive fan, but I, he is a funny guy. He is a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he hooked his ship right up there to Adam Sandler and just let the money train roll in. Thanks to Adam Sandler. That was the smartest thing he ever did. Uh, Jamie's popping in with the live chat here. You guys could contribute to the live chat. If you want to talk to Joe, we have a question for Joe. Drop it in the live chat and we will cover it. And Jamie says... 
I like Fab when it comes to picking up guys. It all depends on the situation. I work seven days a week, and I get my fantasy in daily. Yeah, you. he does work third shift too, so he's always on that wire. And there's also a benefit to working third shift because you get to be up at 3 a.m. when usually on Yahoo anyways, waivers run right around that time. At 3 a.m. is 12 o'clock Pacific officially, so the day in America has passed. And if you're up working... You could be the first person to get one of those guys that Joe was talking about. And I've also written about this in my uh, Fantasy Baseball Confidential article, which you guys can find on FantraxHQ.com, about new parents. People who are new parents and have babies they have to take care of and stay up with and get up during the middle of the night. Feeding time becomes a great opportunity, Joe, for these people to <laughs> rat, snipe, and steal away certain players on the waiver wire. It's a common phenomenon that I've become quite accustomed to and annoyed by. Well, this is funny. There's one of my listeners who I was going back and forth with on Twitter a little bit about, uh, I think he asked the trade question, and he was talking about waivers. And he said there's someone in his league who's in Hawaii on their honeymoon, and they've been sniping players for the last few days <laughs> right at 3 a.m. So you take every <laughs> advantage you can get. You take whatever little edge you can you can take, especially when there's a lot of money on the line. You're not going to fool around and pass up an opportunity like that, right? So might as well. That's a good call, dude. That's a good call. We're talking live here with Joe Orico. Follow Joe on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's two R's. Utah, give me two. Utah, give me two. What should we expect from Shane Boz's debut this season? What are you expecting? Is uh, he going to be in the conversation with his teammate Shane McClanahan? Or is he a step below even once he gets going? No matter what he does, he just won't quite be at McClanahan's level. Well, first of all, I think for the first start here, uh, especially in a weekly, like a head-to-head league, I would probably be sitting him because I wouldn't expect him to go terribly deep in this game. Uh, I think it's the Twins, right? They get the Twins. I It's a pretty solid offense there in Minnesota. They showed us that yesterday against Garrett Cole. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have a lot of faith in him the first time out. I mean, overall, we've seen uh, dominant strikeout numbers always pretty much in the 30, even like as high as 40% strikeout rate over uh, the last couple of years in the minor leagues and a very low walk rate too. 7.5 uh, this year in his AAA outings. Last year it was 6.1 in the majors. So there's a, I love him as a prospect. I think, uh, first of all, Pittsburgh fans must be like sobbing, sobbing in their hands when we even discuss, uh, when we even discuss him. Because he was just a, kind of a throw-in in that trade, I think. I don't even—he wasn't oh. like a, he wasn't even a main piece. It was Glass now and Meadows, and then Baz was kind of like a throw-in. It's, 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 it's awful, but uh, I think overall the we're going to see. Sorry, I hit the wrong button there. <laughs> I was meaning to do this. That was for the Pirates. Sad sounder. <laughs> Poor Pirates. I think overall we're going to see a, we're going to see him be fantastic. Uh, I don't know if we'll see it so much early on. He's coming off of elbow surgery that was only a couple months ago. I don't think it was too serious, evidenced by the fact that he's only back after a couple of months. Loose but, bodies. Yeah, yeah I, I would I would still be a little bit cautious, at least in the first start or two here. Uh, but overall, rest of the season, I think that he's going to be fantastic. He shouldn't be sitting on any waiver wires. I don't think he really is, but I think that he's definitely going to be. I don't think he'll be McClanahan level, but I think that he'll definitely be a solid producer. Maybe down the line we'll see him hit those heights, but I don't think this year we will. Yeah, it would be real tough to follow what McClanahan's been doing. He's become arguably the best pitcher in baseball this year. Like, seriously, he's that good right now. I don't think that's hyperbole. He hasn't shown the longevity, of course. He's still got to prove to us that he will be around for a long time to come. But Shane McClanahan has all the tools and all the know-how to be the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. It's crazy, but it's real. 
I think he's the SP one right now across uh, fantasy, and at least for category leagues for sure. He's the best. Uh, he's been the best starting pitcher to this point. Yeah, and well, he should be, Joe. I mean, you might be suspect of him saying, "I can't trust this. How can I rely on what McClanahan's doing? Is this for real?" But we're seeing it all season long, and I don't expect it to change at all because what he does is so elusive and it's difficult to pick up his ball and his pitch mix is elite and he throws hard his breakers will kill you there's just nothing he can't do so if you're saying i don't know if i can trust this well you're mistaken can't trust it. sometimes you can't trust it but with shane mcclanahan trust the process yes all right uh why don't you tell us about the best concert you ever saw joe what was the best concert you've ever seen I would say there's a couple of really good ones. I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were fantastic. Um, Ooh. I think from, like I said off the top here, I'm a rock fan, a classic rock fan. I love the 60s and 70s, the British invasion of the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. And I saw The Who. I got to see The Who, obviously without their original drummer and bassist. But still, uh, that was a fantastic moment. I was pretty close up to, we were at the, what was formerly the Air Canada Centre in Toronto, what is now known as Scotiabank Arena. But it was it was a great concert. Even though there was... <laughs> I just happened to have that one ready. <laughs> Even though they're old men at that point, they could still rock. They could still rock. That was definitely a lot of fun. What, what about you? What's your favorite concert you've been to? Well, that's a good question, Joe. But I'll be the one asking the questions here, okay? Now, okay. I'd, I'd have to say, uh, hmm, best concert I ever saw... I saw the Chili Peppers once. Uh, I don't like big. I grew up on smaller shows, indie concerts, punk rock shows. They were smaller. In fact, the first big show I went to wasn't until my 20s, really, when I think uh, it was at the Palace of Auburn Hills, which no longer exists here. And we saw Pearl Jam. That was cool. Seen Pearl Jam a few times. Saw Pearl Jam in Pittsburgh one weekend, and then we went and saw Michigan play Penn State at Penn State the next day. That was a fun trip. Uh, but the best concert I probably would have to say was Rage Against the Machine playing at Lollapalooza in 2008. It was, okay. you know, it was summertime right before the the big change with the election. Obama was going to become president, and there was a lot of uncertainty and chaos at that time. The financial collapse was coming about. This was in August of 08. So when Rage played, it was. It was Balls of the Wall. I'd never seen Rage, and they were one of my favorite bands. Still are one of my favorite bands ever. Favorite groups, favorite musical artists. It was my first time seeing them, and people were tearing down the fences and the gates on the outside to get in. Like, all hell broke loose, and it got so intense that they had to stop playing like four times because people were getting like crushed up in the front because so many people were moving and moshing in this massive wave. It was a unique experience. Nobody died. Everybody was okay, but... It was just so intense, man. It was it was really great. I saw a really funny tweet actually recently. Tom Morello commented on some political matter, and someone co- answered under the tweet and said, "You know, I, I don't I don't want to follow you for political takes. I, I, I only <laughs> like you for your music." And then someone else answered, "What did, machine did you think he was raging against? The toaster, the washing machine?" <laughs> funny. That's that is funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved Rage because they kicked ass as a group musically and for what they stood for. They were. They're good people, and they put their money where their mouth was. It wasn't just about money and fame and all that. You know, some very, very respectable people, at least with Tom Morello and Zach De La Roca, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie says, Three Days Grace, Seether, Five Finger Death Punch, Drowning Pool, Lacuna Coil was one Rob Zombie. Wow, Rob Zombie was killer. Okay, you're definitely into the, that kind of stuff. That's some, like... It's a lot of stuff. Not, that's... <laughs> 
Yeah, that's like a it's like pop metal in a way or something. I would say. No offense, I'm not trying to belittle you at all, Jamie. You know I love you. But that's got like a a specific genre where it's not butt rock and it's not like mainstream rock and roll bands like Five Finger Death Punch and Drowning Pool. That's more of a it's like a metal scene, I would say a little bit, but not like death metal. I don't know. It's, Alternative metal? Is that a, is that a thing? Alternative Yeah, that's a I'll take your word for it. That's a curious blend there, Jamie. And thanks for sharing that with us. Jamie also says Tyler Anderson finally had his bad game yesterday. <laughs> that was always coming. It, it was, was always coming. coming. It was coming. It was coming. Uh, I kind of jinxed it because I had in one of my leagues, I posted the screenshot on Twitter of McClan. I had McClanahan, uh, Tyler Molly, and then Tyler Anderson going in one of my leagues. And I posted a screenshot of my of those three guys. And at this point, we were two innings through Anderson's start. And I said, oh, wow, my ERA has really gotten a nice little boost this week because of these guys. And I totally I totally jinxed it. It was still it was still fine because of McClanahan and Molly. But uh, I feel kind of somewhat responsible for that whole Tyler Anderson thing. So my apologies there if I had any uh, karmic uh, jinx on that. (laughs) That's not your fault. That's funny, though. (laughs) I get those things in my head. Uh, Yeah, you have failed. He has not failed. Joe's a good man and thorough. We're live here with Joe Orico. Doing a little bit of Palazzo Pals. He's our Palazzo Pal now. Sure, it's a cheesy name, but it's alliteration, and I like it, so leave me alone. Joe, this is a tougher one. Can you name five players that you're kind of sitting on that you've been excited about that could be in line for an improvement, whether it's a hitter or a pitcher? Is there five players that you're targeting? Oh, no squeaky toys, Yoshi. Yoshi, come on. No squeaky toys. Sorry about that. That's all fine. But... Um... Yeah, five players that are like, wow, I'm interested in these guys because I think they're going to turn a corner or provide more or change in a way that will make them more valuable as the season goes on. Well, there's certainly a couple. The first one that's come to mind that I've been a big proponent of is Alex Cobb, and I know he's just landed on the IL. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was now. I think Is it a back? I think back it's issue? Back. I think it's his yeah. back. He's on the IL with that. And I was, I've been really big on him the whole year. The expected stats uh, are a lot better than what we've actually seen from him high strikeout numbers. He's been one of the more disappointing players and it hasn't really been his fault. So we have to see what happens with this IL stint. I still have faith in him going forward. I'm maybe a little more cautious than I would have been a couple days ago, but I still have a lot of faith in him. Okay. Alex Cobb. Good. good. Uh, Sorry. I just got distracted reading Jamie's answer there. He's clarifying. Yes. Yeah. So Alex Cobb, for sure. Um, Yasmani Grandal also interests me a little bit. I know that he, he's disappointed, but I feel like you just kind of have to hold on. Like we've talked about before, the catcher position is just so weak that there's someone with that kind of high potential, especially if you're in an OBP format. I think that he's going to turn it around eventually. A lot of those guys in that Maybe Tony Russo gets fired. I think he probably will get fired. Maybe we could talk about that for a second. About uh, what do you think about that one? Sure. Two, uh, well, maybe, maybe well, we keep going through this, but maybe we could touch on it at some point about the whole one-two uh, intentional walk thing. But uh, yeah, that that hey, yeah, we'll, we can cover that. What about uh, Larry here? Says, are you higher on Cobb or Alex Wood rest of season? If you had to pick one at the moment, because of the injury thing, I think I'd probably say Wood to be safe. I mean, if you asked me a couple of days ago, I would have said Cobb, but I want to see what happens, how long he's on the IL for. Backs can be very tricky. It might be a week or two. It might be more than a month. We don't really know exactly. It's not the end of the world, but and it's close. It's honestly close. I love what San Francisco does with their pitching. Going back a couple of years now, I, I'm really a big fan of what they do. So both of them I'm still holding, but I'd probably lean Wood at this point, especially coming off of a good start. He finally had a really good start the other day. So I would lean towards Wood. 
Child, please. Okay, you heard it right there from Joe. By the way, hi, Larry. How you doing? Larry, when's uh, Tarek Scooble Day again? I'm always waiting for Tarek Scooble Day. It's one of my favorite days of the week, each and every week. He is a stud. Love Tarek Scooble. He has blown blown Casey Mize out of the water. He has blown past him. Casey Mize is, I mean, he got hurt. Casey Mize has been injured. But even then, it just looks like Scooble is the clear guy over Mize for the rest of his career. I missed on him in the preseason for sure. He's not someone that I was t- really high on, and I kind of regret it now, obviously. Uh, he's definitely someone that I wasn't expecting. I, d- I don't really – I mean, a few years ago, you look at Tigers pitching, and you'd have like five viable fantasy starters there at one point. You know, Verlander, Oh, yeah, Scherzer, back in the day. Verlander, Scherzer, Fister, Annabelle Sanchez, uh, Rick Porcello, who went on to do bigger and better in Boston. But there was a lot of guys – young winner. A lot of guys in Detroit there with value. I kind of, over the years, have stayed away from their pitching, especially these last couple of years since Verlander left. I was just kind of – I was wrong there. And I stayed away from Eduardo Rodriguez and Scooble. I just kind of was saying no to Detroit in general. And uh, bad one for two there. So I, I'm a little disappointed because Scooble has been crazy. Like I I know – I mean, maybe you guys in Detroit, were you guys expecting it kind of? Were you expecting a breakout this year from him? Or is this really a surprise for everybody? Well, I was, I was into him, but he kept getting sniped and he kept going up in ADP. It was harder to grab him. I wanted to have him. I definitely targeted him a lot. I only wish I got more. Yeah, that's, sometimes draft doesn't go your way. And Larry says Sunday is Scooble Day. All right, woohoo! Something to look forward to. Uh, let's get back to these five players though that Joe is keeping an eye on. We got Alex Cobb. We got Yasmani Grandel. Who else? Um, off the top of my head. Who I think is going to improve as the year goes on. Who's yeah, somebody team? who's like somebody we could expect more of before the season's out that so we can ascertain value and snatch it. Well, we talked about it a little bit on my show the other day about Max Muncy, and he came back and had a really great game yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's definitely a positive sign. He wasn't looking great in his uh, rehab stint either. So I was a little bit worried there, but Muncy's someone who I think he's batting like 150 or something like that, but you have to you have to take him seriously, I think, just because of that lineup, because of the track record that he has shown us. I'm still taking him seriously. I know a lot of people have kind of thought about maybe moving on, but I think that he's someone who, by the end of the season, we're still going to see top 100, top 150 kind of value from him, I would expect anyway. Uh, Joey Votto mm. is another one who is really, I'm kind of late to the party on this one here, but he is someone who has definitely fixed this season. He's definitely... I think it was that return to Toronto. It was right around that weekend. And since then, he's yeah. been fantastic. It's been great to see uh, with Joey Votto. Um, you know, in terms of guys who are going to do better, it's a good question because there's a, we've gone over a lot of underperforming players. And I'm just trying to think, who's a good one that's not really talked about so much? What about these guys? So Star Platinum says Robbie Grossman, Joey Votto, Mitch Haniger could be back by July 1st, and Edward Oliveris of the Royals. Haniger, I'm interested in. We have to see about the health situation there, but definitely someone who's worth holding. I don't know about Robbie Grossman, though. I don't know if we're going to see what we saw last year, which was, I think it was a 2020 no way. season. A 2020 season last year, I think. Um, we're Forget not seeing, it. We're not seeing that anymore. Uh, who else is? I like to- Oliveris though. Oliveris is going to come back healthy from that quad, and I want him everywhere. I just hope that he'll be not hindered in any way by that quad, so he can steal the bags, which is very important to his fantasy value. So. Trying to think of other turnaround candidates here. Blake Snell is an interesting one. Uh, what do you mm. think? 
that they have so many arms out there that I really think that if they if he's really struggling, I don't know that he will necessarily stay in the rotation forever. Because I mean, between Darvish and Gore and Manaya, they have Nick Martinez there. Uh, I'm missing I'm missing someone there, but they have they have like five viable starters. And even six, really. I mean, Nick Martinez came up at the beginning of the year and started, and he was he was actually really good for them. So Snell is someone not necessarily that I'm so high on, but I'm really keeping an eye on him because he's very highly rostered. He's like over 90% in pretty much every format. And I just don't think he's really deserved that over these last couple of seasons. I think we're still remembering the Cy Young season, and we're not really looking at what he's provided recently. So he's someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on. That's good stuff. That is a great list. I appreciate that. Let's talk about the Trey Turner thing real quick. So Tony La Russa has one two count on Trey Turner yesterday in Thursday's affair versus the Dodgers. But then Freeman moves to second, so the base opens up at first, right? So then they decide to intentionally walk Trey Turner to first, which leads to Max Muncie crushing a three-run bomb. I think... Uh, we're trying to reinvent the wheel here a little bit too much in baseball these last couple of seasons, and this is an example of it. And I wouldn't really have expected it from an old-school manager like La Russa to try and do something strange like this. I understand Trey Turner. He's probably my favorite player in baseball. I understand the kind of danger that his bat has, especially these last couple of weeks. I think he's batting like 350. he He's been, again, like that number one overall pick that we've seen. Uh, so I understand being cautious around him. But again, I think we're just trying to do too much at this point. You have a one-two count. The odds are in your favor that you're going to have him swinging more defensively, that he'll mm-hmm. pop up or that he will strike out. It's not that it's likely that he'll strike out, but you definitely have better odds in a one-two count. I think if you're going to intentionally walk him, why not just do it before the at-bat? Why even bother getting one-two? It's I understand the whole Freeman thing, but it's just a weird... It, it's too weird for me. It's a little bit too odd for me. I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Genius, genius, genius. Yeah, Tony Russa never belonged to Chicago. It was a bad hire. It was a bad fit. It continues to be a bad fit. And they will not thrive. They will not flourish until he's gone. Now, they did make the playoffs last year with him, so you got to give him credit for that. But they just don't seem to be getting the most out of that squad. And even though they do have a lot of injuries... But when Tony Russo tries to outsmart himself in a situation like that, I just think it's a guy who took a risk and it didn't work out. I I don't think he makes a ton of in-game mistakes. The guy has such a long career and so much experience that as an in-game manager, he's still pretty solid. I disagree with it. I agree with what you said there, Joe. But, you know, the guy still knows how to manage a game. I just don't think he's doing the other parts, which he used to be really good at with a, a clubhouse situation where he was well-respected and appreciated and players felt they could come to him. Even though he looks like a tough, gruff guy on the outside, if you watch any uh, retrospectives or reports about Tony La Russa from his previous time in St. Louis, he's pretty well-respected. And they, like the Daryl Kyle example, when Daryl Kyle died when he was the manager of the Cardinals, he handled that so well and showed what he could be. Tony La Russa, the best version of himself. I just don't think that guy's in there anymore, unfortunately. I mean, he had, what, a t- was it 10 years off? I think he left the year after they won the World Series in 2011. I think he retired then, and that was kind of what we thought was going to be the end of the Cardinals. And then they made another run to the World Series a couple of years after uh, because of guys like Matt Carpenter and so on. But uh, I think after such a long break away from baseball, who knows how much 
uh, analytics really plays into it. Because like I said, I don't see him being someone who's going to just look at the notebook and say, the book says this 59% of the time this happens, we're doing this. He's been managing <laughs> since the, or it was, I know he was with Oakland. He won a world series with Oakland in yeah. the 80s. He actually so he, started with the White Sox first yeah, in the early 80s. So he's and been then around, he went to Oakland. He's been around 40 years. I don't think he's someone who's going to just do what uh, a statistician tells him to do. He'll make his own decisions. So I'm just really kind of baffled at this. And I wonder, do you think with all the press around it, do you think it's a, like a fireable, a fireable thing there? Uh, I don't think so. I, he's too entrenched. Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, loves him. He brought him in. That's the reason he's there. So it's Jerry's world and always will be down there. Always going to stay the same. I expect same old shit, not fired at all. Nope. Yeah, okay. I was thinking maybe just because of all the press, and it's kind of been a popular thing these last couple of weeks to fire managers, especially ones with my name, it seems. are like, going by the wayside here. All the Joes. Two are Joes? Yeah. Two Joes gone? Unbelievable. How did that happen, man? And two of those funny? guys, and they're both kind of like inner circle kind of MLB guys. Joe Girardi's been around a long time. Joe Madden has been around even longer. They're kind of guys. I mean, Madden was not someone I was expecting to get fired at all. I think it might have been John Heyman who did a list of like managers least likely to get fired. And I think he was number one, Joe Madden. I might be wrong <laughs> on that. But, That's uh, funny. I mean, Joe Madden won a World Series with the Cubs of all teams. So he's oh, yeah. going to be a borderline Hall of Famer. He really is. But obviously... He either lost his way or his stylings just did not fit with the Angels. But, you know, let's move on to beyond managers who suck. Grossman, according to Star Platinum here, shout out to Star. Good to see you, Star. I haven't seen you on the show in a minute. Grossman will turn it around as the summer heats up. These are the guys you take the chance on. Do you agree with that, Joe? I think there's a, some guys with higher upside. Uh, that I would probably prioritize over Grossman. There's just not a great lineup around him there. It's a big ballpark. Yeah, his value comes from steals as well as home runs, but I don't. We're not going to see him hit those 20 home runs. I think it was 20 last year, or just about 20. We're not going to see that again. I think there's better options if you're trying to stash somebody than Grossman. Personally, go Tigers. Yeah, I'm not a Grossman fan. I've been. I've never been. So that's just me. But value is value, and if a guy can provide it to you, even I have to put my bias aside and say, all right. I'm on Robbie Grossman. Uh, Larry says the White Sox have had a lot of bad injuries. Anderson, Robert, and now Eloy with a delay in his rehab. That is true. That's true, Larry. That's fair. Uh, Jasper is here. Jasper, good to see you, my friend. Jasper is a loyal Palazzo pal in his own right. He says, how's it going? Afternoon, Joe. Jasper, it's nice to be uh, introduced to you, man. You hit me up on Twitter. Maybe you say hello, and I will hit you back. No problem. We'll maybe uh, get to know each other. That's right. Hey, Jasper, I can vouch for Joe. He's a good dude. Jasper's He's such a good dude. I love Jasper. He is one of our most treasured assets here at the Plazo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. We are live talking with Joe Orico. It's Plazo Pal Special Edition, where we get to know our latest pal, Joe Orico. Joe Orico 99. That's two R's. Utah. On Give me Twitter. Two. Jasper says, will do. There you yeah. go. Look at that. We're making connections here on the show live. Isn't that great? That's wonderful. Uh, okay, so we had this comment from Jamie. This is a challenging one, but you were kind of leading into it with your Blake Snell talk. Who are five pitchers you're low on that might have a better second half post-All-Star break that we could keep an eye on? Five pitchers. I don't know if I can come up with five, but, I mean, if you give me any pitcher that might turn it around it could be useful in the second half or even in the next couple of weeks, I'll take it. Well, someone who I was down on who's kind of made a bit of a fool of me recently has been you Darvish. Uh, he's someone who I've – I mean, the strikeout numbers are way down this year, like 10, almost 10% down. 
like I talked about with Snell, there's a lot of arms there in San Diego. I don't think that they're going to start someone just for the sake of starting them. They are mm-hmm. all in on winning, especially once Tatis comes back. They spent a lot of money. I don't think that they're going to keep someone around just for the sake of keeping them around. With all that being said, he's actually been very good his last few starts, despite not really having those strikeout numbers that he's had or that we've been oh. accustomed to. He's still been very good these last few outings. So he's someone who I think is still... I don't know if you can say disappointing because he's actually turned it around a little bit, but he's someone that I, again, I'm going to be keeping an eye on because I just don't know. Uh, I, I What we're seeing in the advanced stats would indicate that I'm probably going to be staying away. I'm not going to be trying to acquire him or anything. And I think that he will be someone who people will try and sell because there's still name name value there. Uh, people know him as a perennial Cy Young candidate, massive strikeout numbers, and they're not really there anymore. So He's someone that is definitely I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Uh, Tyler Molly is definitely another one, although we've seen a bit of a turnaround <laughs> from him as well. I'm hoping that there's a trade out of Great American Ballpark and that because the road splits are are pretty good. Uh, the home numbers are atrocious, but when he gets away from Great American, he's pretty serviceable. So if he gets traded to a contender, uh, I think that we're going to see a big turnaround from him there. Uh, hmm. In terms of other guys. I'll give you one. I'll, I'll give you Ian Anderson, Jamie. I think yeah. Ian Anderson could be due for some correction. He's actually getting a lot more contact in the zone this year, and that's because the swing rate in the zone for him has jumped from 69% to 75%. So people are either identifying or being more aggressive with Anderson in the zone, and that has led to negative returns. The walks are still high too, Joe, which is a bummer. The walk per nine, I would like to see that come down for a bit. It's just... Yeah. It's really high at 3.92. That's no good. But last year, it was 3.72. So that's it's kind of who he is. But, you know, I, it, it just feels like the Braves are a second-half team, and they get it going in that direction. They're going to need Ian Anderson to be useful. When I look at the stats, I feel like a couple adjustments he can make, maybe to be a little bit more aggressive with breaking stuff, and I'd have to look more at his first pitch efforts as well to see if he's getting tattooed on the first pitch efforts. But right now, if you're asking on the fly of a name for the second half of a pitcher that could be of use, who's not that great right now, then Ian Anderson comes to mind. There's also uh, a, a trio of Rockies pitchers, and we talked about uh, Herman Marquez a little bit when you were on my show earlier this week. Yes. Uh, he and Austin Gomber. So I'm not really massive on either of them, but they are number one and number two in the league for lowest left on base percentage. They're only leaving 57 and 59% of their runners on base, respectively. You mix that with Kyle Freeland, who's number nine in that category. He's only leaving 68%, which is a bit closer to the league average. But I think that these guys have they have some value as an away streamer going down the stretch, especially if you have a two-start week for one of these guys where both starts are away from Coors. I think that they could be maybe not priority pickups, but definitely someone who can be added and, you know, at least give you a bit of a boost in your counting stats there and probably not get knocked around too much away from Coors. Dude, Marquez got the win. I wrote it in my article last Sunday, the fantasy Baseball Confidential on FantraxHU.com. I wrote about Marquez would be a nice play now. He's going to get better. And, you know, he had four walks on that outing against San Francisco. But he went six innings, got the win. It wasn't terrible. That was a positive sign right now. And I'll take that. Uh, Star Platinum says Suarez, Morton, DeGrom, Max Meyer, Robbie Ray. Those are some names to... We talked about Robbie Ray, too, you and I. We did, yeah. Um, Robbie Ray. Uh I'm not big on him. I've had some people asking if they should be dropping him. 
and sometimes they'll give me a list of names and it's like should i be dropping robbie ray or this guy or that guy and it's like ray's probably the worst one there but i don't know if i could <laughs> say it's i don't know if i could go to put my head on the pillow at night and get a good night's sleep if i yeah. say we're dropping him just yet because last year early on he wasn't great either and by around this point he was starting to figure it out but he didn't have a great start yet last year and i don't think we're we're not going to see what we saw last year we're not but no, no. there's definitely a better version of him out there that we can see and i think we will see the, the, he goes deep into games too and it's like a couple pitches here or there are, have been difference makers in some of his outings so i also think just a little bit of an extra break or two could teeter him the other way. So yeah. I wouldn't drop him either. I, I don't have any shares of him, but I would hang on and continue to ride it out and hope that it gets better as the Mariners continue to play better, which they have recently, and that's going to be a key part is having them play better and him be a part of their winning attitude in Seattle. Okay. I like Ranger Suarez, too. This is a good list from from Star Platinum. Now that Joe Girardi's fired, your fellow Joe, Joe, uh, Ranger Suarez had a great outing against Milwaukee the other day, seven strong, was excellent on the road. Ranger Suarez is a guy that should be much better going forward. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we're going to be, obviously, we're not going to be getting what we got out of him last year because that was ridiculous what we got out of him last year. Uh, I added him as someone who could give me a little bit of a boost in the save column because he's got a couple of relief appearances. He got a couple saves for the Phillies, and then they put him in the starting rotation, and I thought we were kind of screwed there. But uh, he ended up with a one three six ERA, eight victories. Uh, he was he was fantastic. We're not going to see that version of him again, a 136 ERA. Uh, you're mm -hmm. not going to see anybody in Major League Baseball pitch to a 136 ERA. Uh, you could maybe argue DeGrom could possibly, but that's that's it. Uh, I think people are kind of chasing what we got out of him last year. I think he's a good option. I think he's a solid option if you're talking like 12 teamers and deeper. Uh, but he's someone who, like I said, I think we maybe are overvaluing him just because the ghost of last year is still present in our minds. Yep. Good call. Well said, Joe. Uh, Jasper says, I'm getting three-for-one offers on Jake Cronenworth, who's been on a tear lately. He had a five-RBI game the other day. Grandall, O'Neal, Eduardo Escobar, who hit for the cycle on Monday, are the latest offers. Would you rather have Yasmani Grandall, who you already mentioned, uh, I assume this is O'Neal Cruz, not Tyler O'Neal, or Eduardo Escobar instead of Cronenworth? Ooh, I assume Tyler O'Neal there. Maybe we get a little bit of clarity. I'm not sure. Uh, either way... Uh... O'Neill Cruz, I'm not sure about this year kind of value. And are we talking, uh, we're talking keeper league. We're talking redraft. Uh, that matters. That does matter here. Um, if it's Tyler O'Neill, I'm going to say to take that because between Grandall, I think we'll see some turnaround. Plus, like we've talked about multiple times, a weak catcher position as a whole. I think he'll be valuable. It is Tyler. It is Tyler. So Tyler wow. O'Neill, Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, I think we've seen like the... I don't know, 10%, 10th percentile version of what he can possibly be. We saw it last year with the home runs and the steals, the high batting average, the great lineup around him. I have a lot of faith in Tyler O'Neill. Grandall, well, yes. Okay. Sorry, go on. Go is on. this a th so you're getting all three for Cronenworth? Is, is that, that I'm taking that? Uh, yeah. I'm I mean, that's not even a debate for me. <laughs> that's that's amazing. It says I'm getting three for one offers on Cronenworth in my Yahoo League. Grandall, O'Neill, and Eduardo Escobar. Hell yeah, all day long. Cronenworth had a great game the other day. Uh, he yeah, he's forward. he's all right, but I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of Cronenworth either. I'm, he's hot. You ride it. You enjoy it. Sure. But those guys, I want Tyler O'Neill alone. I would do one for one. Tyler O'Neill for Cronenworth. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And uh, it's even, a redraft, Jasper verified. So. Yeah, and even uh, Eduardo Escobar 
he's pretty valuable too. I mean, he's not like amazing, but he can definitely have some value. He's eligible first, second, and third. Good lineup mm-hmm. around him as well. I, I would take that. I would take that deal, yeah. Yeah, it's another guy I'm not a fan of either, but I agree with what you're saying. Well said, well said. All right, well, we're getting all so many uh, questions for everybody else. You guys are amazing. Thanks for helping out and joining in and doing my job for me in the live chat. You guys rule. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, how has Russell Crowe impacted your life, Joe? Ooh, very minimally. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked Gladiator. Uh, I actually never saw A Beautiful Mind. Never saw a beautiful mind. Ah. He, he got back to back Oscars, I think, for those. Um, he didn't. I don't think he got it for Beautiful Mind, but he, he definitely got the Gladiator one. Yeah, he didn't win for Beautiful Mind. He was nominated, I believe. Two thousand and one, five, five. Um, I think it's five. Yeah, I'm, but I, he hasn't had a big impact on you, huh? Not really. There's a couple of movies, <laughs> and I've heard a lot of like people don't really like Russell Crowe, do they? I think people think of him as kind of a dick. I, I don't really know. <laughs> oh, but... you were totally right. It was 2001. I'm a moron. Kudos to you, Joe. Beautiful Mind came out in 2001. He lost to Denzel. Mm. He lost to Denzel for Training Day, which, okay, I, I will take that. But, yeah, he won He won for Gladiator. I wouldn't say he's had a big impact. Um, what else has he been in? He was in Les Mis. I, I didn't mind Les Mis, although his singing was kind of, kind of I don't <laughs> know if you saw that one, but it was... <laughs> it was Maybe the weakest point of the movie, honestly. Although, uh, tough to say. Ooh, wow. I, 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 sorry, guys. I'm not a massive. <laughs> Russell, I'm not a massive Russell Crowe guy. I'm trying to think what else I've seen him in. There was a movie where he's trying to escape with his kid that I thought was pretty good. I think it's called The Next Three Days. Uh, he's <laughs> on the run from somebody. I don't even remember, but it was it was good. I've, I'm 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 pretty neutral overall. Pretty neutral on on. Okay. That's fine. You you don't have to have an opinion either way. We have a Russell Crowe channel in the Discord. The Plaza Podcast Discord is free. If you want to sign up for that, you don't have to sign up. All you got to do is click on the link. It's at the top of the Twitter feed on the Plaza Podcast Twitter handle, 2Ls2Zs. Two two Utah. And that's Give me two. how you get to just post Russell Crowe gifts all day if you want. Or you could talk fantasy. Your choice. Your option out there. Uh, all right, a couple more. We're out of here talking with Joey. Do people call you Joey ever? My grandfather called me Joey. Uh, he was mm. about the only one. He was about the only one. Yeah, there was another Joseph. Joe, I got Joseph. I still get Joseph, or maybe Giuseppe when I'm when I'm really in trouble. Oh, but uh, very rarely would I get the Giuseppe. More so Joseph. If I hear Joseph, I'm a little bit worried. But the Joey, uh, there was a, another Joseph in uh, when I was growing up together, and he went by Joey. So I was always Joe, and he was Joey. So uh, more so, more so Joe for sure. Okay. Wow. Uh, what's your uh, What's your cultural background? What's your heritage? Italian, mostly Italian. I've also got some Scottish uh, Maltese. I don't know if anybody out there knows Malta. I'm a bit dude. Maltese. My my girlfriend Leanne, Canadian again. So sh- she has Maltese citizenship. Her mother and her grandmother. Her grandmother's from Malta. So wow. There's not many people who could say that. I think that have Maltese citizenship. It is like a speck on the map. So that's, that's cool. Small. Yeah. Well, that's so fun. Yeah. That's, uh, that is pretty peculiar and rare. We've actually talked about maybe moving there. Seriously. To Malta. Yeah. Really? Hardcore. (laughs) You'd be the the number one fantasy baseball podcaster in Malta for sure. Absolutely. We're already the number one fantasy baseball podcast in America and Michigan in the world. Nobody tops Palazzo. Oh man, that's really funny. My maternal grandmother was born in uh, in Malta, so that that is hmm. definitely cool. 
I'm going to tell Leanne that right after the show. I got to go pick her up in Canada. So I will definitely talk about that when I see her and her mom. Uh, all right. Wow. Cool. Uh, a couple more questions and this show comes to a close. Make sure you're following Joe on Twitter. If you haven't done it yet, Joe Oracle 99. That's two R's. Utah. Give me two. O-R-R-I-C-O. That's my Joe. See, that rhymes. Uh, what was the other question I had here? And I was coming up with some on the top of my head. Um, have you ever been arrested, Joe? Yeah, I've been arrested. Yeah. Oh, hey, we're buddies. Hey, welcome to the club. I've been arrested too. Now we can share everything. So there's a couple stories that I'll say for uh, off the air because I don't think I should be putting them out there just yet. <laughs> I don't know if the statute of limitations has passed, uh, but we'll definitely get into it off the air a little bit. But um, there was one time I was out with some friends. We were drinking. We were doing some stuff. I was in high school. We were probably... 16 i'd say we were probably 16 uh and this was really really stupid and i do not advocate anybody doing this uh we started picking up rocks and throwing them at houses because we were a bunch of morons and we broke a sliding door we broke we broke like a back (laughs) oh shit yeah and uh next thing we knew there was someone walking in the distance and one of my friends said hey we should we should peg that guy with a rock and we're thinking okay this is getting a little bit out of hand and we hear freeze (laughs) Light flashes on us. It's a cop. We try and run away. We didn't get very far. And uh, yeah, no record or anything. Damn! That is my uh, probably the stupidest thing I've ever done, most likely. That, that is, is right so fetch. There was, wow. Yeah, it was definitely not my proudest moment. I was probably <laughs> 15 or 16 years old. Definitely not my proudest uh, We're so dumb, weren't we? God, we're so stupid. That's so... F- Joe, that is great. I'm so glad I asked that question. I, I got arrested in the year 2000 for I was driving a car driving back to my house back then in the suburbs it was around two in the morning and it was Friday night and I got pulled over by the Livingston County cops which is where I used to live Livingston County sheriffs all they do is prey on the youngsters in Livingston County and it really built this fear instilled in me for my entire life of police like they're always out to get me because they just always preyed on us youngsters for stupid tickets and Shit like that. In this case, they got me for, I had had two beers, but I was 20. I wasn't 21 yet. In our drinking age here, I'd been to Canada many times already by then because it was right over the border. This was pre-9-11 too, right before 9-11 when I turned 19. And we just, it was just a much more of a free-for-all on the border back in the day. And uh, I blew a .04, right? So I was under the legal limit. Solid, solid. But you're at yeah, I was 20. So he, he took me, he arrested me, and he took me to jail, and I spent the night in the drunk tank, even though I wasn't drunk. So, Oof. yeah, that was a bummer. And it then, happens. It's a, it's a yeah. learning curve. You know, you spend one night there, it'll probably stop you, or it could possibly stop you from spending a lot longer there in the future. <laughs> well, the thing was, is they put me on a year's probation. That was my sentence, and I ended up violating it because I didn't, I left the state. I went to Texas. Oh. Uh, for the stupid job. I won't even get to that. That's a whole other story, selling books door to door. And they found out about it, and so I had to do 10 days in jail. So I ended up doing a 10-day stint for my violation of probation. But, oh. fun fact, I got out in eight days for good behavior. I was a good little boy. They shaved a couple days. Eh? That's good for them. Well, good for you for being good in there. <laughs> so yeah, you, well, <laughs> you have failed. You had to serve it in Texas, or you served it in Michigan? Oh, I served in Michigan. I came back. Yeah, they found out I went to Texas and I lived here, always lived here. So, yeah, there we go. 
So I can relate, man. I hear you. I feel you. Also, I have a good friend of mine whose brother burnt down a church. Like, oh, full on. He God. burnt down a church. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. That was intense. And they caught him. Yeah. It was like a brand new church, too. They caught him, like, I think, like, a, a week later or so. So there we go, people. We've all made mistakes. So if you're sitting here in judgment of us, eat shit, okay? <laughs> you're no better than us. Don't try to tell us you are. Uh, so Jasper says, I have four others on the block going back to that deal for Cronenworth, but this is the one I'm thinking to do. I think we all, I, I'm, yeah. agree, I'm in agreement, but I kind of want to see if, the, if that's the first offer. I kind of want to know what the other ones are because they might be better. I mean, I'm not that's sure true. what kind of, what, what kind of league mates you got or how closely they pay attention to it. But that first offer there, that's, that's definitely in your favor for sure. I concur. Absolutely. Larry says, uh, Russell Crowe was good in Robin Hood. Okay. I am a more of a purist with Robin Hood. Back to the old Errol, Errol Flynn. Flynn? Ah! I know where you're going. Yeah. Captain Blood. I used to love Errol Flynn when I was a kid. Oh, he was great. He was great. I <laughs> love those movies from that era. I was a big early Hollywood fan. Yeah, my mom dated this guy who had all these Errol Flynn movies. And so that was how I got exposed to it when I was a little kid. I'd never heard of it. And I've not really seen them since. But I guess I'm kind of due to check in on one. It's not a bad idea. Robin Hood's one of the best adventure movies. There's so much action and excitement, and it's so well shot with the shadows. It's just so good. They don't make movies like they do, like they used to. Not even close. Okay. Okay. Jasper says, glad I caught the show live today. Got lucky. Finally, late B-Day present. I turned 50 last Friday. Oh, shit, my man. Jasper, you're one of our dudes. Congratulations. The big 5-0. You made it, you son of a bitch. Glad to see that. Jamie says, you're stuck in the middle now, Jasper. Yep. It's all downhill from here. Uh, age goes backwards, right, says Jamie. No, I don't think that's how that works. Benjamin uh, Button. Uh, I, you ever seen that one? It's all right. It's yeah, not bad. I've seen Benjamin Button. I like Brad Pitt all right. I like him okay. My sister's favorite movie is Fight Club, so I've seen quite a bit of Brad Pitt over oh, the years. Oh, she's one of those people. Yeah, Fight Club has this, like, diehard, diehard community out there. Jamie's going to be 39 next month. So My sister actually has a tattoo of the character that Helena Bonham Carter played in Fight Club on her. Holy shit. Yeah, she's she's diehard. Diehard. That is diehard. Damn. Wow. Is your sister older or younger? That was you guys hit my window. Uh, Whereabouts are you, Jasper? It might have been, man. If you're in... He's in Indiana. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you're in like uh, southern southern Ontario, then maybe it could have possibly been me, but he's going to help me. Oh, I know. I know. Larry's already been there, so it's all good. Uh, my friend cut down a large cable pole to a radio channel. Oh my god! We got some serious, serious felons in the chat here. Hey, eh? my goodness, this is great. stories are coming out. It's amazing. Jasper, it's time for a colonoscopy. Says Star. That's right. You turn fifty, you got to get that colonoscopy. That's true. If not even sooner. Yeah. Hey, shit. You know, Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther, he died at forty-three. I mean, he died of colon cancer. It's awful. Yeah. Such a tragedy. It's such a bummer. So, you have to care yourself. Uh, oh, Larry's talking about the guy who burned down the church is going to hell, not you, Joe. There oh, we go. okay. I, 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 no offense. There was no offense given there. I know I'm going to hell. There's no worries. <laughs> you're a good boy. I don't think you're going to hell, but just in case you are, let's make sure. Welcome to hell. Properly at introduced. Very, at the very okay. least, I'll have to do some time in purgatory. No question about that. Yeah, I know. That's fine. Uh, all right, so Joe, when you're looking for players, particularly hitters, uh, what are some of the metrics that you like to focus on that gives you indicators of, oh, this is this guy's doing A, B, and C. This means good things are about to happen. Is there a, a recipe, or is it all just everything all the time that you kind of put into a big pot 
And that's your fantasy stew. There's a little bit of everything. I try to not get too locked in on any given stat. I use fan graphs. I use StatCast, PitcherList. They all have really great stuff, uh, really great metrics. Uh, in terms of the StatCast stuff, I really like looking at hard hit percentage. I, if a guy is maybe, you know, he's bad, like Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman's a good example. Uh, he's someone who has struggled. He's batting around 200, but he's in like the top 95th percentile for hard hit and exit velocity. So, that's something that I definitely look at. Uh, I look at their batting average on balls in play as well. If there is a really low batting average on balls in play, like someone I talked about on Twitter the other day, I do a lot of Twitter threads. I talked about Christian Walker, who is now unfortunately uh, injured. But yeah. you, you look at players who maybe are batting uh, their balls in play, so under the 260 range or so, and you're looking for maybe a bit of a correction there. So if you're looking at like the lowest in the league, uh, Christian Walker's number one, 182 batting average on balls in play. When he gets back, mm. figured that will correct itself. Yasmani Grandal, who we've also talked about, 213. He's only hitting 213 on balls in play. So that's something that we can definitely expect to see return to around the league average. That's something that I really like to look at, batting average on balls in play. So that mixed with some of the stat cast numbers, particularly hard hit percentage, are what I mostly look at. And also, you know, mix of the regular standard statistics. So the guy actually hitting home runs. I mean, it's nice if he's expected to hit home runs, but is he actually hitting home runs, right? So a little bit of standard mixed with the advanced stats, and I think we'd find a mix somewhere in the middle there. Mm -mm -mm. Well said, my friend. Well said. Joe Orko's killing it. Uh, the final question of the day here, as we come to a close on our latest edition of Palazzo Pals, is this. If you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be and why? Oh, man. I'd probably be some kind of domesticated thing that's totally taken care of. Probably a dog or a cat. Just something with no worries. I know you said the other day you were not a big fan of cats, but they do live a pretty nice little life. You know, they just walk around the house, not a care in the world. Everything's taken care of. It's still different if you're feral and you're out in the wild and you got to fend for yourself. But if you're a domesticated animal, not a worry in the world, you're fed, you're walked, uh, your shit's cleaned up for you. There's not a, you don't have a care in the world. So, I'd probably lean towards something like that, which is a nice, relaxing lifestyle, personally. Mm -mm, okay. Um, I thought maybe you would say a mouse. You know? A mouse? You like a, yeah, you, might, you would be a good mouse. I'd be a good mouse. Kinda, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. That's stupid. It's total gibberish. I'm just fucking around. They're kind of, <laughs> I don't know, they're kind of, uh, they're fine. They're fine. I mean, probably a bit of a harder life than your average house kitty, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big rodent guy. I wouldn't say I'm a huge rodent guy. Like, I don't mind a hamster. I don't mind a little hamster. But when they're a little bit bigger, it kind of gets starts freaking me out a little bit. No mice. Okay, no mouse. Got it. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. All right, there it is. We've done the show. We've done the damn thing. It's in the can. Uh, Jasper says, should be seeing me more often now. Things are settling down a bit here. That's great news, Jasper. Jasper's been... Through a struggle recently, a big challenge in his life, and I'm really grateful for that. I truly do care about you, Jasper, and I appreciate you, and I have nothing but gratitude for you. You're good, good shit, and you make the show better. You really do. I'm not, I'm not kidding at all. Uh, Joe says, here's another Joe, Joe. Joe Hook says, I make sure to factor in all-star voting and Twitter followers for my stat deep dives on players. Is that, is that what you do, Joe? <laughs> well, it definitely plays a factor. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming this is tongue in cheek, but uh, no, that does not personally play a factor into it. I think all-star voting, leaving it up to fans 
as a whole in sports can be kind of rough. Uh, do you follow the NBA a lot? Do you, are you a big basketball sure. guy? Yeah. yeah. So Andrew Wiggins was an all-star starter this season. He was one of the five players selected to start in the Western Conference. And it's like, should we really be leaving this up to fans? Especially when there's contract implications of certain things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so for the whole, I think that they should leave it to the executives and maybe some sports writers. Or maybe they should put it in the hands of the fantasy fantasy baseball writers and let us uh, decide Ooh. what's going on. That would be interesting. But no, would I, be. I can't say it factors in too much. Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. Andrew Wiggins, a Canadian, by the way. So. Of course. Always got to rep Canada. That's why I'm a big Tyler O'Neill guy, too. It definitely doesn't hurt that he's Canadian. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'm going to add that to the repertoire now. We got Joey Votto. Uh... Uh, there was somebody else. Yes, the, list, uh, <laughs> the list dries up pretty quickly. <laughs> there was another Otto. guy. We got um, Jamison a... Tyone's parents are both uh, Canadian, but he's born oh. in the States. Same with Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman's parents are both Canadian, and I think he's actually represented Canada before uh, at the World Baseball Classic. I could That's what I was thinking that. of. Who was on that mm-hmm. roster for Canada? They had a nice little run, I felt like, last time. Does That's that thing hard, happen man. anymore? How long has it been since the last one? I think I've seen some tweets. I think they're doing it next year, aren't they? The World Baseball Classic? Would be fun. Uh, definitely would be fun. Uh, Jordan I enjoy Romano. It. Jordan Romano is also Canadian. Yes. Uh, yes. There's not really too many. Over the years, we've seen guys like Russell Martin, who I was a big fan of. Jason Bay, who had his couple of years in the sun Ooh, there. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bedard. Eric Bedard was a starting pitcher I really liked for the Orioles maybe 15 <sighs> or so years ago. What could have been? What could have been. Uh, he kind of faded out in Seattle there. But... Th- you know, I'd like to see a little bit more on the Canadian side. We're definitely getting there with uh, basketball. A lot of good Canadian basketball players on Big the baseball time. side. On the baseball side, uh, could be a little bit. Could be a bit better. Could be a bit better. Yeah, I've had thought hockey was the no- national sport. Seems like basketball's taking over, though. It's crazy. Basketball's been great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an animal that eats mushrooms, Joe. That's funny. I know what you're doing there, Joe. Joe watched the last show. Apparently, I would be a rabbit because they have a lot of sex. <laughs> That's what Star Platinum says. <laughs> Apparently a mouse. Yeah, uh, Splinter was a rat, not a mouse, though, Jamie. Jamie says that's called Splinter. Splinter was a rat. There's a big difference between a mouse and a rat. I've seen Baltimore rats on the streets of Baltimore. Trust me, these things are like dogs. They're huge. It's crazy. Ugh, gross. Ooh, uh, Jasper says, y'all see the size of that chicken? I know that quote. That's from Young Guns. I definitely nailed that one. They do peyote and... They start doing weird voices. You see, you see the side of that chicken? Yeah, it's weird. But I love that movie. It was good. Uh, Tyler O'Neill's dad was a big-time bodybuilder in Canada, Joe. I actually did not know that. I did not know that. I know what about this that. one? I have, oh, my God. I forgot about Vladdy. I guess I just don't really consider him to be Canadian because he's more like Dominican-raised. He's more He speaks some English, and he actually speaks better English than he lets on uh, when he's just talking in the clubhouse. Sometimes he can speak pretty good English, but then... Huh. Uh, Pretty good English. Listen to me. Uh, he speaks pretty English, good. He speaks English pretty well, but in interviews he tends to use the translator. So I do tend to think of him more as Dominican because he was raised there. But he is born in Montreal. Hmm. Because uh, Vlad was playing for the Expos. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I had Paul O'Neill on a few teams back in the day. Says Jasper. But don't forget Big Maple Paxton. That's yeah, another one. Right. From- is Paul O'Neill Tyler O'Neill's father? I feel like an ass for asking this, but uh, I don't think so. I'd never heard that, but I would love to find out if I was wrong. I don't. Let me take a quick uh, Doctor Google here. Doctor Google. Uh, the Hall of Fame from the Expos and the Rockies can't think of his. Oh, Larry Walker. Yeah, Larry, Larry Walker's Walker. a. 
course. Great Walker, Canadian yeah. player. Ferguson Jenkins, going back quite a few oh, years. Oh, Fergie, yeah. Fergie's Canadian. I didn't know that. Over, If you take all the Canadian baseball players over the course of time, you could field a pretty solid team out of them. <laughs> Dude, that is sweet. Well, I know that I can always feel the solid podcast anytime I need to. All I got to do is ring up Joe Orico, and he'll be there, and he'll make the show better just with his presence. It's true. No bullshit. It's all on the up and up. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Joe, and having you on the show today. I thought you did a rather solid job. It's a live experience. It's a little different. We got some video. We got people chiming in during the show, and I think you handled yourself with a lot of substance, class, and versatility. I appreciate that. Uh, definitely a bit nerve-wracking. I've never, I do the show every single day, my show, but I do have the chance to go back and edit out the kinks, uh, iron out the rough <laughs> edges and whatnot. So... A little bit nerve-wracking coming in, uh, but it's definitely been a lot of fun. It's great being live. It's great to have the chat going. It's a different. It's a whole different animal. It's still a podcast, but it's it's a whole different beast than when you have the time to go back and change something, or you say it and it doesn't come out right. You go back and you fix it. Here, whatever you say, it comes out. And I definitely fumbled over my words a couple times, but it's bound to happen first time. So hope you guys stuck with me. I hope you guys will check out my show. We go Monday through Friday. I also put out an article every Sunday about uh, recapping the week. Looking forward to next week on sportsethos.com. So go ahead and check them out there. we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, branching out into basketball or into baseball and football this season along with basketball. So go check out Sports Ethos, guys. We are growing more and more every day. Beautiful. Yeah. It's the uh, Fantasy MLB Today is the name of the pod. Fantasy MLB Today. Go to your favorite podcast platform and lock it in. Follow it. Subscribe to it. Get to know Joe. This is the real guy. He's a solid dude. He really is. Back-to-back pleasures. Thank you very much. Nice work, fellas. Thanks. See you again soon, says Jasper. Everybody in the chat, you guys killed it. Thank you so much. It was really, really interactive, and that just makes the show 10 times better. I'm not just saying that. It just does. It, you guys you share things that maybe we hadn't thought of and it makes us think. It takes us in different directions. And uh, ja- uh, Jamie says, Joe, send me links to your pod. Well, yes. oh, okay. Uh, are you follow? If you go hit the follow button on Twitter, because uh, I'm not the the host here, I can't like uh, post stuff in the chat. But if you go hit the follow button on Twitter, uh, it's my my pin tweet is actually my show that I did with Michael a couple days ago. So you can check Bingo. that one out there. That will oh, here it is right at the top there. Um, so yep, I'll just pop that in the live chat. There it is. Oh, perfect, perfect. Go to okay. go to your Twitter handle and I'm gonna add Joe Orco ninety nine two R's and you can see that for yourself plus everything else he's doing over there. Yeah, so if you guys, even if you haven't checked it out already, at least go check out the show with Michael. We had a great time. And if you guys are here, you're already fans of his, so you might as well go and uh, click click the download button on that one for sure. Do it! All right, well, he's Joe Orco. I'm MJ Govier on Twitter. GOV is a Victor IER. Plus a podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. Everything's linked too. at the top and pin. Everything you need to know, free Discord, Patreon, etc. Follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Orico 99 That's two R's. Utah. For Joe. Give me two. I'm Michael. That's today's show, everybody. We thank you for your time and energy. Bye bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.